What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the morning <laughs> DNA for uh, January 18th, <laughs> 2021. Uh, I am Aaron, the man of a single black shirt. And for the last time, the shirt that you chose for me, this is time number five. So it will be going away after this. And Danae Hughes, <laughs> the woman of a million distractions. <laughs> Ooh, this is uh, happening already. <laughs> yeah, uh, we already have a question why we're on the opposite side. I know. And, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know why. And I, I'll just, let you why. I just realized that. And I'll let you know why it doesn't happen that often. I'll go ahead and fix it so everybody feels comfortable. Oh, phew. Oh. I, I'll let you know why it doesn't happen that often and why it happened. Uh, Danae was actually first to the show today. Uh, and so that's why she ended up on the left. Uh, and yeah, that's also the first time that's ever happened. So I did it. <laughs> but yeah, first time for everything. Normal for you. Um, yeah, how you doing? It's been a bit, right? Yeah, sorry about last week. My I my iris, my daughter uh, got sick, so I had to pull the mommy mode. It's very difficult to go live when you have a toddler that's knocking at your door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mom, yeah. hey, what are you doing in there? Yeah. Nothing. So. We had to skip last week, so sorry about that. Um, Mr. Pro Poutine says, thank goodness my world is no longer mm-hmm. upside down. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I, I think we've tried to flip a couple times just for fun, and it doesn't feel right. Well, I think the first time somebody was like, well, you call it the morning DNA, but then when I look at it, it's A and D, you know? And so we're like, okay, we can switch that up. And as soon as we switched it, everybody was like, nope, nope, nope. nope. It, back, so, it feels you know. wrong. Uh, thank you, beastly moron. Uh, says I'm. I'm sure it has already been said, but that shirt is very dapper. Aaron, so. It is a dapper shirt. It is being retired after today's mm-hmm. uh, DNA episode. Um, thanks again to our patrons for having this fun little weirdness that happened, where Aaron had to wear a shirt other than his black shirt for five yeah. five shows, and now we're here. What are you going to do with the shirt, Aaron? 
Uh, it will probably maintain its place as a relic of the foregone past. Uh, so you're going to throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to file it in the circular file. No, I'll probably I'll probably hang it up somewhere here in the studio as a reminder. Hmm. As a reminder of our lovely and amazing Team DNA members, uh, whom we love dearly, and who are joining us on a holiday Monday. Uh, holiday happy Monday. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, yeah, I, I wondered, like, it's an interesting day, right? Like, I didn't know, did you have childcare today? I didn't know if we would be able to do the show on a holiday like today. Like, my family's all home. So, I mean, not that that's weird during the pandemic, although my wife works in an essential uh, business, so she is working outside the house. But, um, but yeah, so it's, well, it's we, kind of an interesting, different, uh, different field of the morning. Yeah, we have childcare today, and usually she kind of flows with the schedule for school, but maybe she's doing something different but yeah i get to actually kind of have some focused work today which will be very nice um but today's an interesting one i um i always remember going to washington dc to the mlk yeah. uh, memorial and the big monument and everything mm -hmm. it's a really beautiful space my cousin um had a really important ceremony there and we like walked around and read his quotes that are all sort of like carved in stone and we just talked about what those quotes meant to us and it was just mm -hmm. this really like meaningful gathering kind of a thing um it was a really cold day and i remember just it was like it's sober there it was very somber and just respectful and um mm -hmm. all of the the meaningfulness of that day kind of is one of the things i think about they're really uh, martin luther king um is a really important figure for them so I remember the radio days too, you and I doing the radio show and people calling mm -hmm. in and talking about how they feel about um, uh, race equality and uh, the importance of the continued work there. And yeah, I was, I don't know, I, I like this day. I, I'm glad that we kind of pause the world a little bit mm -hmm. to reflect on it. I think it's yeah. important. I mean, I still have a lot of things I got to get done today, but I plan on going back through and just reading my notes from that day and we're just kind of having a little little pause just to the important work we're doing i think it's a uh, a really beautiful uh breath of fresh air in what has otherwise been a very tumultuous um divisive well i was gonna say week month but let's just go with years you know like it's it's been you know i think of uh, martin luther king jr's um my favorite quote of his is the uh, returning hate for hate multiplies hate uh, mm -hmm. quote it says adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Um, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And you know, that is just, it's just such a beautiful reminder during a time where hate seems to kind of be the go-to emotion in a lot of ways through social media or whatever the case may be, uh, especially in a very politically divided, uh, us, um, and with some recent events. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's for me, it's a nice day to remember what the dream of peace looks like. And, you know, of course that is also a dream about racial equality and, you know, all the things that, that, uh, MLK talked about, but but yeah, I, I, I definitely need that. I, I need like that encouragement to continue to go, yes, that's right. Like it's it's not returning hate with hate doesn't solve anything. And 
the only way to drive out hate is love. And that's just a really powerful thing for me to continue to remember, believe, put in my foundation and uh, act out on my day-to-day life. So yeah, I'm really digging this day for sure. Yeah. Good. Well, I guess the show's over then. Show's over, guys. Uh, hey, we did, just, we did that. Thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> um, I hope you guys have had a good day. Oh, I got to get my Q&A ready. You mean your FAQs? Dang yeah, it. What your do friendship application question. Yeah. You ready to shoot a dough? You want to shoot a dough? Do let's, yeah. let's shoot a dough. Let's do it. Uh, all right. We're going to kick it off with the FAQs on Monday. And uh, that is that is where Danae reads us a question from her friendship application question that she wrote herself. Um Many years ago. Many moons. When she was but a young lass. When I was but. <laughs> a young lass. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly, exactly oh, right today. Oh, no. It's been a while. It's been a minute. We're where where are we es- at? What's the question? We're in the essays. I think, I don't think I've done this one yet. I expect my friends to tell me if I have something in my teeth. Have we talked about this one yet? Mm, I don't think we've done I can't one. tell if we have or if I just know it because you've read me these questions before. Because um, obviously I passed this application, yeah. you know, about eight years ago. Sure so I had to fill yeah. it out. And, yeah, sure uh, you did. And pass. Yeah, I super remember that. I have it yeah, filed away yeah. and everything. You've got my mm-hmm. copy, I'm sure, somewhere. I expect my friends to tell me if I have something in my teeth, on my face, stuck in my hair, stuck to my shoe, or tucked into my underwear. Do you want me to return the favor? Hmm. What's well, a simple yes or no answer? Um, well, it's essay style in which you can say more if you want to. Right. So, Right. This person that filled it out said, yes, I always appreciate a friend to let me know if I'm a mess and I will definitely tell you as well. This is a really important question for me because mm-hmm. I do yeah. want to have someone tell me if uh, if I got something funky going on. I, I'm, I'm all, I am uh, like honesty, free speech, honesty, tell me the things that's that's me. And if if it hits me wrong and if I feel some sort of way about it then I can work through it and we can work through it. Like, but as far as like telling me that there's something between my teeth, how in the world is that going to be offensive to me? Like, oh what, my what, gosh. Is, what is the person who's like, how dare you make me aware of something that's going on between my teeth? Like, well, how is that a bad thing? I don't know that they would respond like that, but some people either just don't care. Like they don't care that there's something stuck in their, tweet, in their teeth or mm-hmm. they could potentially be really embarrassed by it and bringing attention to it. it's like, okay, now I have to take this thing out of my teeth and I didn't care, but now I feel like I have to care. Uh, Greg says, no way, rather not know. Well, I guess there's some See? people that, uh, that feel that way. Um, Sweet Chicken Sir says, actually, no, because if one thing is stuck in my teeth, I'm going to be self-conscious about it all month. Wait. That's interesting. All month? Even after you even after you get it out of your teeth, you'll be like, I bet there's there? something in my teeth again. This is you why know, you bring do, a pocket mirror. I do relate to this. I, I don't, I don't want to change my answer, but I do relate to this a little bit. Uh, I do remember one time uh, I was speaking to a gathering of uh, youth, a youth retreat, and I was the speaker for the weekend. And uh, I do remember giving uh, an entire uh, talk and afterwards uh, one of my friends saying, you know, your zipper was unzipped that entire time. And I'm like, okay, A, somebody couldn't have told me this, you know, before. (laughs) Uh, And B, every single time for the next, you know, uh, However long. (laughs) For the next life. It was like, oh, that's never happening again. 
Doctor so, yeah. says, I do like it if someone tells me if my fly is down. If I find out, I get frustrated more than embarrassed. How long has it been down? Right. And why is nobody telling me? Why is exactly? Yeah. I've had a couple situations in my life. The teeth thing, I don't mind too much. Like if I've got something in my teeth, that's not the end of the world. I'm not going to be dying of embarrassment. I'm not, you know, but there are some things I would like to know. Um, and wardrobe malfunction situations are definitely one of them. Right. Uh, Miguel says, yes, if it's before something important, otherwise, why bother? How does, um, how does one know when it's important? Though? Right. Like I could be going to, you know, an important job interview next. You, you don't, don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. Always tell me. I, I have one truly horrifying story of when I was in middle school, um, okay tucking my skirt into the back of my underwear i have heard yes this i've heard this is a, a decently common thing yeah you just skirts. like you get up and you pull your underwear up mm -hmm. and your skirt gets tucked stuck in the back and so mm -hmm. i walked bare legged and then showing my butt all the way through my school mm -hmm. all the way down the hallway into my class and because my last name started with b i was all the way at the front of the classroom Mm -hmm. And when I and sat no one down, said anything. no one said anything. And when I sat down, I felt the cold feeling of the chair beneath me, which was not supposed to be because there should be something <laughs> covering that. And just, you know, uh, someone, poor, just someone be like, oh, Danae. hey, little Danae, this is yeah. going to scar you for life. Maybe before you go in there, untuck your stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Be that friend. Be just like in. And again, if there if. If the embarrassment turns into some sort of frustration with the person telling you, that's a problem you just got to work through yourself. That's that's kind of on each of us not to turn embarrassment into like being mean to someone or or whatever the case may be, because that's all it is. It's literally embarrassment. Nick uh, says, uh, yes, please return the favor. And I don't care if you're a stranger. Assume I don't know. And tell me before I make a fool of myself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. I think I think that's the right answer. Now, I mean, if you don't want to know, I will certainly respect that. If you have told me, hey, don't let me know if there's something embarrassing on my face, if I have a bat in the cave or whatever the case may be. A um, bat in the cave. Yeah, yeah. The boogies. Um, then I won't. Or, or in your case, Aaron, a massive boulder of earwax just teeter-tottering <laughs> at the edge of your ear about to tumble out. If you ever see Indiana Jones jump out of my ear canal, you know what's about to happen. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, like, I would rather just approach someone, even if it's a stranger, and just say, hey, I don't know if this is important to you, but XYZ is happening right now. Yeah, no, totally. I don't, I, wanna, I I don't want to come up off judgmental. Like, it's not like you're a less person because you have toilet paper stuck to your shoe or... No, this is this is totally different than going up to somebody and being like, um, I don't know if you want to know this, but your haircut does not look good on you. Like that's a totally different. different. That's a very different thing. Like that is not saving someone from embarrassment. That's you know, belittling someone's appearance. But there are certain things we understand are just you know, a bit embarrassments. Like I would really love it if that person turned around and said, "Yeah, this is part of my outfit," <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, "Oh, I'm sorry." Carry on, toilet paper person. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. Yes. Uh, uh, so that's it. Um, we are almost done with this page. Oh, we have the FAQs. We have two more pages after that. <laughs> so Fun. we'll be doing this for a while. 
Very fun. Uh, let's get into it. We're going to do the D and A and U. We will have a D topic, an A topic, and a bunch of U topics, if you would like. Um, the D topic is Danae's. The A topic is mine, Aaron. And the U topic is you. So be thinking about any question you have for us, any topic you want us to talk about, uh, and uh, make sure you put the letter U at the beginning of your comment so we can make sure and see it. And whether you are at YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or even that other social network that shall not be named, Greg. that starts with uh, an F and ends with uh, a book. Uh, we <laughs> Ends with a book. <laughs> Ace book. Ace book. <laughs> we will uh we will do our best to answer all your you questions just make sure you put a you at the beginning so we can see it all right today why don't you kick us off what's your topic for today this is based on um we over the weekend we had a uh our, our christmas finally um for those of you that weren't around during our christmas uh time my dad came down with covid um well he tested positive for covid on christmas eve so all of our plans were canceled. We've literally been waiting for him to get out of quarantine and then my mother to get out of quarantine so that we could all safely gather again. And that was this weekend. So we finally had a chance to celebrate Christmas and we had a lot of fun, a lot of really good stories uh, to share. I mean, it was great. I had a wonderful time, but there was one moment that will stand out in infamy. Whoa, why is it doing the ticker? Aaron, fix it. Just kidding, I'll fix it. <laughs> and that is this, um, when pets attack your food. So there were three dogs at that, our event, two of ours, and then my mom and dad brought their dog, Moxie, as well. And my question is, do you have a story of a time that a pet has done something to your food? It could be mm -hmm. really an important meal. It could be a drink. I don't care what your story is. Just think back in your mind. Um, for us, my dad came in with two of our dessert options and set them down on the counter, not realizing that one of our dogs is a counter troll. Mm. He's he's their short dogs are not big, but they can get up and then they have like this thing going on, you know, where mm -hmm. it's just at this. I, I walked through the kitchen and I noticed that the cake had a big section of icing that had been rolled up. And I thought that was strange. And my dad saw it. And he thought that was strange because it wasn't like that when he came in. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe someone like set it down and then rubbed their elbow on it or something. My husband jokes. As he one said, is wont to do. You know, that's oh. the, of course your brain goes there. We set it down and somebody rubbed their elbow on it. I, I literally. Hey guys, it's a cake. Is this the elbow cake? Is this where we do the elbow thing? <laughs> I thought it was like an accident. We're like, they're scooting it was just funny the way around. you said it. it was like, I always somebody said it and somebody rubbed their elbow in it. You know, as, <laughs> as is tradition with cakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just, that's, that's good, good luck. I'm going to make that a new tradition. It's All a right, sign guys, of good luck. Here's the elbow cake. Everybody dig in. And then you try to lick it off of there. <laughs> I, my husband said jokingly, he's like, yeah, probably one of the dogs did it. Mm -hmm. And I, it was a moment where everything stopped and time stood still. I, I'm, I'm just staring. It was, an it was an entire section of the cake that was literally just bare. There was nothing on there. Mm -hmm. and, it was, and it was weird because it wasn't like the icing had sunk into the cake. There was nothing there but just cake. And then at the top part, it was rolled over. And I just, it was like in a movie where you see what was happening in your imagination. And I just saw one of my dogs just up there licking and just rolling back the icing bit by bit by bit, just making this whole section bare. It was an entire like quarter of the cake. Nice. <laughs> it's just completely gone. We didn't catch him in the act. We didn't see it happen. We have no idea. We were opening presents for quite a while. So at some point they were wow. just in there 
you know, getting up there and getting the treat. So we ended up just having to kind of slice off the entire section and chuck it, which my father said, and I'm curious what you guys think about this too. Maybe this is a follow-up question for you. Yes or no, would you still eat the cake? My dad says he would eat it. You would eat it? 100% yes. Ah! I mean, (laughs) why not? Do your dogs not lick your face? They lick their butts all the time. Do they lick your face? Like, I'm just saying. (laughs) They don't lick my face because they lick their butt. (laughs) They're butt lickers. But here's the thing. But here's the thing. There are two there are two answers to this question. One is would you just eat the cake as is, right? And the other is would you cut off any of the edges and eat the cake that's still, you know, in the center, which by the way is the best part of the cake anyway. And okay. uh, the answer yeah. to that second one is an easy easy yes and I think the it's answer so to the gross. first one is a maybe still. So, no. but I don't it doesn't no, 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 bother no, 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 me that much. I'm not worried about it. No. I just I've got an immune system. In fact, I've got a really strong immune system because I'm I'm willing to eat dog licked food. <laughs> Dude, you licked a desk and got so sick. And then I could lick any desk I wanted to after that. I thought you were going to say, and then I've been exposed to COVID and didn't get it. That's so right. obviously my Listen, if you had licked a desk in the 90s, you would be free from COVID today. Oh, uh, my God. I, I don't know. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I could not eat. Even if. Okay. I looked around. I looked at the table. I looked mm-hmm. at just everything going on around to see if there was a strip of icing that had somehow made its way on something, but somebody had bumped mm-hmm. it or whatever. Yeah. Could not find icing anywhere. Confident that it is a dog. I would never eat that cake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they are butt lickers, Nick. They are butt lickers. Um, yeah, and I could go into great detail about how nasty their butt licking habits are, but I think that we should just move on since this is really more about stories uh, of if you've got animals that have ruined a dinner for you. Um, yeah. Mr. Proboutine says, yes, you eat cake that people blow on. It's not wrong about that. It's different. That's different. Lucas says a dog's mouth is cleaner than a human's mouth. That's not true, Lucas. It's that kind is, of true. It's, it's kind not of true. true. It's no. kind of true. If you no, do I'm the research, it's kind of true. What do you mean? Tell me more about that. I, I researched this for a uh, for a video once um, and actually was researching it to say that that's not true because I had heard that it's not true. Right, 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 um, right. But in some ways, it actually is true. The uh, bacteria in a dog's mouth are not bacteria that is harmful to humans at all. So in that aspect, it is cleaner. Uh, and so it, it, I guess cleaner meaning less dangerous. Um, than the bacteria you already carry around in your own mouth. So yeah, that's just bull. Beep. Okay, so <laughs> here we are on PetMD.com, October twenty ninth, two thousand nineteen. So not too out of date. Mm-hmm. Um, is your dog's mouth cleaner than yours? Here's what they say. The short answer is no. Now listen, have I done any research on this one? Have you gone website? into the long no, answer yet? No. <laughs> Dog mouths are not cleaner than answer. our mouths. In fact, studies have shown that hundreds of unique bacterial species can be identified in the saliva of dogs, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that our mouths are clean. Similar tests in humans have found the same result. There's bacteria everywhere. Aside from bacteria, numerous parasites can be present in the pet saliva. Oh my God! (laughs) (laughs) Both can be transmitted to humans and can cause an assortment of medical conditions. That's why you should never eat puppy lick cake. 
<laughs> That's really strange that they had that specific instance in there, uh, in that article. <laughs> it was in uh, there. Dave you says a Christmas me, story. Those dang bumpus hounds. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay, that's an epic moment, right? Pet disasters create Chinese food for Christmas. Everybody wins. You guys are all thinking about the same thing. That's amazing. Do we have anybody else that had their dog stories? Oh, yes, of course. Mr. Prokotin okay. says, I came back to the dog on my chair eating my food. Yeah, I've had that cool. experience many times when we had pets <laughs> of just like, just having that brain moment where you're like, oh, I'm just going to run to the kitchen real quick. You can't. And just, you leave your, yeah. your plate wherever and you come back and it's like on the floor and the dog has got a you know big grin on their face. So, yeah. <laughs> My favorites, too, because I had a St. Bernard and so she was easily able to get on every countertop. And there was a time when she was still agile and she was, you know, able to get up on her hind legs and get her entire top mm -hmm. half on the counter. So nothing could be on the counter, even back by the wall. If it was related to food, she would eat it. If it was a spatula that had stirred spaghetti in the last 24 hours that was still somehow able to be smelled as delicious, she would eat it. Yeah, pets, uh, they're good at that. Yeah. Uh, Archimedes Amazonas says, I was drunk, distracted with a kebab stick in my hand, and a friend's dog decided to partake in my snack. I didn't want him to eat the wooden stick. So I tried to take it away from the dog, and he bit my hand instead. <gasps> instead of a kebab, I had a big scare for a snack. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. That yeah. Was no fun. Yeah, dogs get a little weird about food. Um, this morning, I, <laughs> I am a, I, I want to believe I'm a really good pet owner. I should show you guys my dogs. They're so cute right now. This is a perfect time to do puppy cam, but I don't have it set up. No. Um, anyway, I... Uh, usually in the mornings, there's a really good chance that I'm going to leave to go grab some fast food because I love tater tots and I don't like cooking my own tater tots because they're just not the same. So a quick Sonic run is perfect in the mornings. And my dogs get snacks at Sonic and um, they they now sit at the at their little place in the back seat. And then when the people hand the snacks over, they kind of go like like little hungry hippos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, they get really, really excited about that. I'm going to see if I can show you. Okay. You read, you read more, Aaron. Oh my. Oh, we're all going to get dizzy now. Oh okay. yeah. Um, uh, no. this okay, is, fine. okay. You don't this, want me to. That's fine. That's fine. I, I'll is, put it back. I'll put just, it back. This is, listen, no, when you, when you watch a show with Danae Hughes on it, you just have to be ready for anything. <laughs> so <laughs> take your, your flight, whatever you take, if you're going on a flight, make sure you take that before, uh, yeah, I probably should have given a, a, a trigger warning for that one. Anyway, uh, uh, let's curled see. up in a ball. It's adorable. Chris says, there was a day when my girlfriend hadn't eaten all day, so I got her a big sandwich. Uh, nice. I should not have. We live by the coast, so that was a day a seagull sat on her head and took <laughs> half her sandwich. <laughs> Chris! Not a pet. Still works. Still glad you told the story. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. We yeah. went to a restaurant once that was right on the water, and there was all these signs like, don't beat the seagulls, don't beat the seagulls. But as people who had never seen seagulls before, we were really intrigued by it. And mm -hmm. we didn't. We did not feed seagulls. But one of the tables closest to us put their hand up in the air with like a french fry in their fingers, and it was insane. It was mm -hmm. aerial swarmage. Yeah. Terrifying. No, no the, mind, right. the mind thing from Finding Nemo is is absolutely correct. Uh, my uh, grandparents lived on uh, the coast, I guess you would call it, of Port of Lake Huron in Port Huron, Michigan, <clears throat> and uh, and we would go to we would take like a small fry down there and feed the seagulls uh, when I was a kid, and it was insanity. 
those those birds did not care for life or limb. They wanted those fries. No. So yeah. Uh, Lolly says, I once saw a seagull take a whole ice cream cone from a tourist's hand. It swallowed it down whole, <laughs> like a fish. <laughs> okay. <gasps> Man, sure they're kind of scary. Because <laughs> I've never seen a seagull like do the pelican thing where it just has the whole fish go down its throat. But hey, I'm not trying to doubt your story, but that's I can't imagine a seagull downing a full ice cream cone. We walked on the beach that same vacation. I think it was in, we were in Michigan, actually. So we were on one of the one of the lakes and we had a container of leftovers. And you're very much told, don't put your food into any of the trash cans. It's a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were going to be, uh, so we were throwing French fries to the seagulls because we were allowed to over here. There was no signs over in the section, mm-hmm. but there was this one seagull that was missing a leg. And so we were determined to feed the seagull that maybe needed oh, it the most. You, you saw, you saw Frank. Did you, did you see Frank? Frank? Yeah. The one legged seagull. Oh, yeah. Frank's famous. Yeah. yeah. He actually, he actually bit his own leg off. So to get more food? So, to get more food. He's like he ate advanced, it advanced evolution. <laughs> like, God. Wait, was that your story that I just remember as my own? What, the, sea, the seagull one? Yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, that, that happens. Um, I do have a story. Uh, it's it's a, a two-parter of amazingness. Okay. About um, a dog or animals attacking uh, yeah, your food? Yeah, it was a dog. Okay. <laughs> uh, my wife makes the most amazing brand muffins. Uh, now, if brand muffins sound boring to oh, you. Oh, I know the story. <laughs> if they sound boring to you, I assure you they are delicious. I love a good brand muffin. And so she had just gotten uh, like an entire uh, set of muffins out of the oven and was letting them cool a little bit on the kitchen counter. And one of our dogs, uh, who is a counter troll, as you have, have called them before, uh, pulled the sheet that was underneath them off. So then they were all on the floor, ate every last one of our brand muffins in a short amount of time. And Which is, it's, it's disappointing since it's delicious. They're delicious. It was very disappointing, but not near as disappointing as the effects that brand has on the digestive system of all living creatures <laughs> dogs are not immune yes lolly you are correct that's gonna be a poopy dog <laughs> uh, that is a dog that was house trained but it didn't matter because oh man it did not know what was happening to its digestive system for let's the next not, couple days let's not let this turn into the the, the de-evolution of now we're moving and transitioning into dog poop stories because <laughs> i have so many of those that are epic i was gonna you say know? you're the only one that can take us there danae so you're the one that has to show self-control Oh, no. And I'm having a really hard time right now because I, know, I really want to tell, tell you some doggy poop stories. But let's go back over. Lolly also said British seagulls are vicious. Are British seagulls worse than a, like American seagulls? That's Moko Maid says, my husband calls seagulls flying street rats. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I think that's yep. fair. Um, Greg shares a story. I remember when I was younger on the balcony of a hotel room, opening up a bag of chips and one, and one million. Whew, very specific number one million seagulls coming on the attack i have never <laughs> ran into a hotel room so quickly <laughs> it's terrifying to see it them is, descend but at the same time when we were on the balcony of that of that restaurant there was this one particular seagull that caught like an airstream mm-hmm. and was just cruising 
and and was just looking at us out of the side of his eye because you know like, like they have the interesting face mm-hmm. where they don't have to look at you they're looking at the side and we were laughing so hard because we <laughs> my dad started to animate him and, and his imagination be like hey hey you know you want to <laughs> hey i'm just right here man just here just one just french fry just, just waiting just waiting <laughs> we were laughing so hard uh, Lolly says, I've never met American seagulls, but British ones are not confined to the coast and they are big and will dive bomb people with food. Uh, yeah, that sounds like American seagulls. Um, now you say not confined to the coast, but you have to remember that the island of, uh, what would the island there be called? England? Is that, uh-huh. the, is that the singular the island? British Isles. Please don't make me do the, the Venn diagram of what all the different British conglomerations of the UK Well, now that you've said it, I think we all want to see it. <laughs> Bring out it. the whiteboard. Anyhow, let's go. Just remember, just remember that island is not. I mean, it's the coast is everywhere for seagulls. Like they, like they don't have to fly far to go. You know, in inside the coast. So yeah, seagulls definitely go. They don't come here to Missouri, but that's a lot farther <laughs> from the ocean than anywhere no, in England. <laughs> they're not in Missouri where I live. Um, Lolly says it was mainland Britain. Yeah, mainland Britain. Britain is the coast is always close enough for a seagull. You know, to to make it anywhere. So my mom yeah. uh, is in the chat, breezily to be saying, uh, "No, it was a one-legged seagull on our vacation." So you have that memory too. Okay. Yes. <laughs> not a not a stolen memory. So, yeah. Man, I'll tell you what, it's interesting when you go to do places for you and you think that something is really exotic, like a seagull, and it's just mm-hmm. not. Like yeah. locals hate them, and you you don't understand their hatred because you don't live there. You don't understand what happens. <laughs> yeah. It'd be it'd be like someone coming here and being like, "Oh, squirrels!" <laughs> no, squirrels—they're so cute. We should feed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I think uh, Lollipop uh, says uh, I live three hours from the sea by car, but seagulls don't drive. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> fair point. You make a fair point. This, this show. <laughs> Good job. Um, well, thanks everybody for sharing all of your stories today. Uh, regarding dog my mom you know being the one in the chat she's the one that made the cake it hurt her when we told her that we had to cut up half of the well not half a good a massive chunk of the cake and throw it away but there why that couldn't was you a, slice off the outside i don't understand no we just cut off the edge the edge of the cake where it yeah. had, he had licked along the entire edge you know like the oh, well, long edge of a bad. cake i pan. thought you threw away like a whole piece of cake or something no we did we cut off the entire part that the dogs could have licked and chucked it <laughs> in the bin so they say in britain uh well it is rubbish it's rubbish it is rubbish now yep a hundred percent what's your topic aaron a topic uh what was your first job um the reason i ask this is because one of my sons uh is now working got a job and i thought that was you know something we can all think back on and think oh, of our memories. first job oh. i i feel um I don't. I don't feel bad. I don't feel guilty. But why? I because my, you've never actually had a job. Never had a job. <laughs> uh, I have found a way to uh, make a living uh, using things that are just play. <laughs> Doing <laughs> nothing. I play for a job. Uh, I do nothing. No, I, I. I don't feel guilty, but I do hope my my children realize like how easy they have at finding a job because it really is one of those things where my son wasn't even looking for a job but because his brothers work somewhere they were like hey you want to come work here and he was like okay and (laughs) it's like a day later he has a job it's just like one of those things where 
you know, uh, many people spend a lot of time trying to find work. Are and... you going like, back in my day, I had to <laughs> no. fill out an application? No, I, no you, I mean, we joked about this, bef you know, briefly before, but I really didn't work until after college. Um, I, I mean, I did, but most of what I did was just, you know, uh, dishwashing here for a place. And I was like, I don't like this. And I quit. And then, you know, working at Target. Uh, for a couple months and being like, this is soul sucking. I'm out. <laughs> like... So, uh, so yeah, it was one of those things for me where uh, my first job was probably washing dishes, but my, you know, my first uh, like real job ish was youth pastor. So, and that was after college. So, yeah. Um, Sweet Chicken Store says, I was an umpire for Little League. Ooh. Good fun. Until the little kid pitcher somehow throws a 50 and the catcher doesn't know how to catch. <laughs> That's right. Ugh. And also the baseball dads. I was going to say, that would be the worst part, especially if you are, I'm assuming, young, getting this as your first job as an umpire. And just <laughs> having the parents in the stands just be like, nothing their kids do is wrong. Every call you make against their team is horrible. And and the culture of it being okay to be mean to umpires, like there's just this culture in baseball of if you're an umpire, you, you, you're fair you know, game. We're allowed to call you all the names and be mean to you, and wow, yeah. The baseball dads are the seagulls, and you are the food. <laughs> they just yeah. come at no, you. It's fair, absolutely. Um, Nick says a cashier at Kmart when I was in the tenth grade. Not bad, not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth says, technically, my first job was camp counselor for six to 13 year olds. <laughs> oh, interesting. I did do some counseling work, but I never got paid for it. Um, I just until, you it were it was fun. A, until you were a um, youth youth pastor. Well, of course, but that's not being a camp counselor. That's being a youth pastor. No, it's yeah. being a camp counselor in church. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Lucas says, my first job was working with my father. We built a house together. How cool is oh, that's that? That's awesome. That's amazing. What a I want to know cool all the things thing. about that. Yeah. Man, you've I've learned so about many that things. Before. I've thought I've thought about that idea. There are times where I'm like, you know, it's just wood and drywall and a foundation and like I feel I right exactly no exactly and I feel I'm just like I feel like I could build a house. <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't you never feel that way? <laughs> no, just, are you kidding me? No, and then and then I'll be like then I'll be like Aaron. You can't put together the toys you got your kids for Christmas. Oh, you my can't... gosh. Your wife could... could build a house. I think I could build a house, guys. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I just need to have. I'm pretty sure this isn't desire. that complicated. Yeah, a desire to succeed. That's all one needs. <laughs> I, I've heard stories about people who do that. And they're just like, I think I could build a house. And then over the next no. 50 years, they, they build a house. My gosh. I can't even imagine having that kind of confidence yeah. in myself I'm, yeah. I'm confident about some things that i really shouldn't be confident about and i just i just i am and yeah. the, like i've walked into places and gotten jobs just on my personality and just being able to like fearlessly sure. have conversation sure. that's how yeah. i landed my job on radio mm -hmm. i am fearless when i talk to people and not everybody can do that or is built to do that or maybe even myself should do that it's landed me into some awkward situations for sure, no, I, I think it's safe. I think it's safe to say we're doing this right now because of your fearlessness. Yeah. Um. Because we would have never. I, and I've told you, uh, Danae. Do you think I'm an intimidating person? I mean, I'm so scared of you. 
but you're super, not super see, afraid. Like I but, mean, like gosh, guys, I am shaking in my boots. <laughs> Can but but people have told me when they meet me that I don't get like I don't give off much. I'm I'm fairly internal. Okay, I'm okay. a bit laid back, and because of my size, and you are hard to read. Of uh, that's how I, I would say it. I have a resting intensity face. Uh, oh. <laughs> you know, there's, intensity there's, sure whatever it would be called i don't know uh but so i have this thing when people meet me where there's like this wall and um and especially with women like especially in my past like a huge wall with you know i can't be friends with anybody of the female persuasion you know like i'm married so no you know girlfriends like that kind of thing as well and and it's one of those things that you because of your fearlessness just like didn't even notice like that wall was gone for you and you just you were willing to like verbally spar like in like play off of me like the first time we met and i was like give it back to you yeah and i was like oh this is what you know would be an amazing uh kind of dynamic for a show and so Oops, you became friends with me oh no right and then, then i had to then i had to figure out what that meant and uh yeah and when that's what we've been doing for the last eight years so i, I really genuinely think that doesn't happen without your just disregard for any sort of for appropriateness all obvious cues that i don't want anyone That's to right. talk to me <laughs> my door exactly. is shut my walls are up and mm -hmm. why are you standing here talking to me yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah i've learned a lot about cues over the years still mm -hmm. miss a lot of them but that's sort of just you know, it, it does mean that you kind of find your own vein. Now, that wasn't my first job. My first job was Taco Bell. I worked at Taco Bell, um, but that one. was another one of my jobs where I was literally ordering Taco Bell and the person said, wow, you're really fun. Do you want to work here? And I'm like, sure. So by the time my mother was paying for our food, I had the application in hand, had already filled it out. It was handing it back over to them. And then I was hired and I was mm -hmm. 15. So I had to have parental permission and um, oh, I had to be within a certain window of turning 16 for them to hire me. And I couldn't work with any of the food. I could only work at the cashier register or cleaning. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that was what I got to do all the time. Um, but that was my first job. And I went, I never have really had the same job multiple times. I, I love trying new things. That's part of my personality. Mm -hmm. Um so I love yeah. all these jobs coming in, though. Let's read some more of those. Mr. Proputin says, my first job was being a hockey referee. Nothing more satisfying than tossing grown adults out of arenas as a 14-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that. <laughs> that was quite a trip. Nice little power trip. Uh, Sarah, I is it the Brahms ice cream and dairy store in your neighborhood? <laughs> I love Brahms. Mm -hmm. That's why I freaked out. Um, Miguel says, I passed out newspapers. They tried to be fancy with the title and called it being a brand ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Um, oh, here's one from my mother. Uh, actually, sorry, we'll do Lolly first. Go ahead. Lolly says, uh, like most teen girls, my first paid employment was babysitting. Um, I also did a little bit of quote unquote babysitting, child sitting, uh, child care, child watching. Um, I don't think we we sit on babies or children anymore. Yeah, so. I guess that's true. I definitely got paid for that before I worked at Taco Bell. But I think that my first official job was Taco Bell because mm -hmm. I had to fill out like a W whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, in that same vein, Moko Maid says, nannying, started nannying at, nice. at 12 years old and did it for 12 years. Mm. That looks good on a resume. Uh, Barba Papa says, my first official, meaning legal and taxed work, was at an automatic molding line of an iron foundry 
with 16. Plenty of neighborhood stuff before, though. Real job as in profession yet to come. What? So That sounds wow. crazy. Molding line of an iron fat foundry. That sounds dangerous. It sounds really dangerous. And I'm not understanding dangerous. 100% uh, if Barbara Papa was like saying they are 16 when they were doing that. Yeah, I wonder about seem that. Right. Or, or if they were with 16 other people or maybe the mm -hmm. company was called 16 um but yeah if so let's see what their labor laws are um <laughs> right back to breezy lady b saying cleaning a neighbor lady's house every saturday for a dollar an hour and i didn't nice. even want the job but my mom made me do it to help the neighbor mm -hmm. yeah yeah no wonder wow. we don't like to clean <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's fun. I mean, there's so many different things that we can all do for our first job. And it just sticks in your mind and kind of stands out. Uh, Luke is talking about uh, building the house. Uh, says, it's a great feeling when we complete the house. Although it was difficult, we had fights and working every day under a strong heat. <laughs> that is the beauty of getting a job. I really think there's so many things that education can teach you, like schooling education can teach you. But it is so difficult for it to truly socialize you into what it means to be co-workers with someone. That is just a hard thing to learn until you actually work with someone on somebody. And of course, there's different dynamics when it's family. I totally understand that. Um, there's already kind of an existing relationship that has its own walls, has its own, um, you know, beautiful things, not beautiful things like that comes with those relationships. But no, there is something about getting out into a job and actually having a boss or having a coworker or having uh, a worker who you manage. Like all of those things have all these different little that just schooling just doesn't teach you very well. Yeah. Um, sports, might... sports can kind of teach you some of that stuff. Like having a coach is kind of like having a boss and teammates, mm -hmm. like coworkers and they're, you know, and not just sports, but any like a band, any kind of extracurricular activity can kind of start to socialize you in those, but it's different. I'm just telling you it's different when there's a paycheck and that's, it is. you know, that's something you just kind of have to discover. So, oh, you yeah. know what? I'm wrong. My first job was when I was in middle school. Okay. I would, I actually, you guys <laughs> insight into how I was when I was little. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Are you okay? Are you sure you no. want to talk about this? No, it seems I, like it's super okay. I'm just about to reveal part of my shenanigans background. So, I had a really should this hard. Be, should this be a, a like a, a segment? Like today reveals or... her shenanigans background. <laughs> Go. So I was such a troublemaker in school, um, mostly with the authority figures. Like I really gave it to them. I was not nice to them. And let me just say, I was backed by my mom, who would show up at the school, and be like, "Well, she's not wrong." So I had that going for me. Mm -hmm. Thanks, mom. Um, but pretty much my eighth grade year in middle school, I think basically the short of it is that I didn't really have a, a place to go inside the school that was happy for everybody. Okay. So they let me work in the cafeteria helping wash dishes. So my first job was actually, I got paid to do it too. Um, I had to go to school and I made friends with the lunch ladies. We had a great time. Um, there was years after going to middle school that I actually would go back and I would walk in through the back door into the kitchen through the back like I own the place and go and give all of them hugs and leave and nobody would ever know that I was there hmm. um, a lot of really great memories so that was my first official job but I, I had it because no the teachers were kind of like yeah we don't really want her in the classroom <laughs> just, 
let's just pay her to go wash dishes. <laughs> she seems to be a girl of a million distractions, and we're just having we're oh, having difficulty. Uh, with I was her, a very so. angry young girl yeah. at that time. Um, I wanted to point out that Barb Barbara Papa says uh, I was sixteen. Just wow, for clarification at an iron on that. Foundry. That's a lot. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I wanted to also point out that Lolly had a couple. So go ahead. Yeah. My husband has had sales positions here in the U.S. He's a great salesman, but the British accent sets him apart in interviews. Yes, I'm aware it's immigrant privilege. The British accent thing is a real thing here. Um, I just heard somebody, uh, Kate Winslet. I was listening to an interview with Kate Winslet. And she said that because of her accent, when she started acting, she was uh, assumed by so many people to be more intellectual, to be more, you know, and so she got a lot of jobs, she felt like, because they just assumed she was deeper and more philosophical and whatever because of her f- f- uh, British accent. And she said, I was not. I was a child. <laughs> it was like. In fact, I, I was, was a child. Was not, and she talked about the fame after Titanic because she was in her mm-hmm. early 20s when she got Titanic. And just how she was not ready for it. And she basically just, you know. And it's because of her accent. And, and, yeah. and yeah, no, she feels like a lot of that success was due to her accent. So that that really, um, really That's is interesting you, to me. You got to do that Hugh Laurie thing and, and be able to talk like a uh, someone from the U.S. without anyone knowing that you're actually from the U.K. Or reverse. You have to learn how to talk like you're from the U.K. so you can get a, get in on that, uh, you know. But if privilege. you're not ready for it, then don't do it. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Lolly says, my first job was teaching keyboard to little kids. It was eye-opening how many of them wipe their nose on their hand <laughs> and then touch the keys. Just wanted to say thank you for that. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, but I thought this would be a really good transit. Gross. Put your keyboard down. For those of you listening to the podcast, Aaron has just picked up his keyboard and is pretending to lick it. Pretending. Yes. Pretending. Pretending. Um, this could trans- transition us into the you question part. Any question goes, just put it in the chat wherever you're watching, whether you're watching on Twitch or YouTube or Periscope, which will soon become something different, by the way, or Facebook, wherever you guys are watching. Uh, just put in your question or comment um, there with a you in front of it and we will see it. But I thought this could be a really good transition into that section. Alan Dicer says putt-putt. Yeah, my dad's first job was working in a putt-putt place, a uh, little mini golf. I loved yeah. putt-putt when I was little. Yeah, I think putt-putt is actually the brand. Like it was, uh, I could be totally wrong about this, but I think it was like the, those kind of mini miniature golf places were called, you know, putt-putt. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, putt-putt. So putt. One of those. We yeah. still have a putt-putt um, in Springfield. Nice. Like a little, like little, little one. But there used to be a really big one. I think it was yeah. on battlefield that doesn't yeah. matter to anybody listening i just thought I'd tell you. <laughs> uh but i thought this would be an interesting transition because lucas says on the question of age to have the first job how important is the age to start working i talk about building a sense of responsibility and you kind of alluded this to this already aaron but mm-hmm. i thought it was just kind of a good thing to throw out if anybody has any other opinions about that i did learn a lot even when i was in middle school having something to do outside of the drama of middle school and trying to figure out who you are and how to fit in and and everything is dictated for you when you're growing up and then all of a sudden you have a job and you're appreciated for something that you're doing rather than i don't know it it did change things for me and it actually helped me to get through that really difficult time then of course you go into high school and then it gets even worse sorry if there's anyone who's child age listening to this in the future it sounds so so negative not everybody has a bad experience in school i didn't I had Aaron a great didn't. experience, but I, was, I know I, he I don't know. I think I'm in the minority 
Um, but yeah, no, I had a, I had a wonderful school experience. Yeah. But there are a lot of things that you learn, as Aaron said, you know, that your value outside of social structure, um, that was a really big thing for me, uh, at the time. And then my first job that I considered my first, which was Taco Bell, there was nobody, literally every single person that I saw every single day was someone I didn't know. And whereas before it's, you know, your parents are there, your siblings are there. The people from school are there, your teachers are there, and everybody quote unquote knows you. But suddenly you get to exist as a brand new person with where no one is gonna make the same assumptions. Well, they might make the same assumptions, but you know what I mean? Like it's a fresh start. And that is always a really good feeling, at least for me. I think there's, man, there's an interesting balance here because yes, you learn a lot, but also those lessons aren't bad to learn later either. Like there is something to be said for extending your quote unquote childhood, as long as you can, you know, like, and, and when I say that, I don't mean like arrested development, extending your childhood where you're, you know, my age and still acting like a child, wait, kind of possibly is me, but I'm just saying there is something to be said for taking the opportunity of just being able to go play in the yard or just being, you know, able to, you know, mess around with friends or go see a movie or, or whatever the case may be, um, before having to be bogged down by, Responsibility. The daily grind of making a dollar, that responsibility. Um, well, there's a every- difference, too. I think there's a different feeling, though, when, when you have your first job and you're 15, 16, 17, before mm. you're out of the house, potentially. Yeah. I think that's when things get real, is when the job becomes a necessity. Whereas when I was 16, it was like a job was fun, and I was just doing it for fun. I wasn't doing mm. it out of necessity. Not everybody yeah. lives that way, though, and I realize that. Not everybody lives in that way. Like There are families who need their kids to go to, to work to help with yeah. the family. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I just privilege. didn't live that way. Yeah. Lolly says you should extend your childhood, said the man in the <laughs> dragon shirt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Malcolm Mate says having a job so young teaches us the value of the dollar. And suddenly you understand that the things you ask your parents for not only cost money, but time and seem less important to have. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point too. Yeah, and and I have also become, man, this this could go a bunch of different places, but I've also become much more aware of of how valid the choice of putting off further education is as well to do, you know, and everybody's different, but to have some time to do some sort of work, understand the value of money, understand where things are coming for before just like taking out a bunch of loans and going to college and you know, uh, wasting your first couple of years of college, just figuring out what independence looks like and yeah. like all that kind of stuff. Um, they call it, you know, gap years or whatever that there, I think, I think there's some real value there. And again, it has to do with understanding your own psychology, understanding mm-hmm. how you're made. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't think there's one right answer for everybody, but as no. far as like, there, there are reason there are labor laws as far as like on the young end, uh, you know, I think there are absolutely detrimental things to, you know, doing any kind of full-time work uh, if you're too young. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it depends on the person and the job and yep. the situation and, and all that stuff, for sure. Let's go to the next question. This one's from Miguel who says, let's get real. Top three pizza toppings. I was just talking about this last night with my wife. What? Um, no, this How? is... What? This is... <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not even kidding. I looked at my wife last night and I was like... What? I, I think pepperoni has fallen off my list. And... <laughs> Guys... Hold on, honey. I got to I got to talk to you about something. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, no, it was serious, serious uh, conversation. It's just serious. in my heart. It's one of those serious married convos, you know, feel like pepperoni is just I was like, honey, slipping, you know, 
we need to we need to pause Top Chef for a second, and oh. uh, we need to have a conversation. God, um, watching Top Chef while thinking about <laughs> about frozen pizza stabbings in general that is my life. I mean, how yeah. many times I watch these amazing cooking shows, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'm gonna go make some toast. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to nail toast; it's so good. <laughs> uh, my number one has become mushrooms. Um, there's something about the, uh, the flavor of the mushroom on the, uh, like the, just the, the pizza sauce cheese thing that I really like. Um, so yeah, mushroom has become my number one. Um, as far as number two, I'm just blo- I should not be blown away, but I am that you have a list at the ready. I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, deer in headlights. Really? You are such a list guy. Well, that you course. have a pep, you have a top pepper, you have a top pizza topping list in your mind. It's <laughs> crazy. Is it? Is it really crazy? I'm, no, it's not crazy. No, it's not I just crazy. I'm the weird one. I know. Uh, bacon is two. Uh, so you got mushroom, you got bacon, and pepperoni slip down to number three. So yeah. Hmm. I love Ham's pineapple. Number four. I love pineapple. I love pineapple. I'm gonna is go 572nd. Uh, do not understand putting fruit on tomato sauce. It's That's, so yummy. No. There's something about the would burst of dip, sweetness. Would you dip your piece of pineapple into tomato sauce? Does that sound yummy to you, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> you're like you've got some tomato sauce. You got a piece of pineapple. You're like, oh mm, boy, that is a flavor combination I was looking for. Would you dip a raw mushroom into tomato sauce and eat it? Absolutely, mushrooms are great <laughs> in tomato sauce. What are you talking about? Are you kidding? <laughs> Look your face. Holy crap. I'm I have to clip that. That is amazing. Your face. You were so reactive. Are you gonna jiff my face? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um I personally love the flavor of pineapple. Warm pineapple on a pizza. Mm. I'm gonna I'll, go with I'll let you spinach. Have your own. Yeah. As well. Same pizza. Spinach, pineapple, and um, yeah, I'll do mushroom too. I like mushrooms. Well, there oh, no. we can agree no, no, on no, one. No, 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 no. I'm gonna go bacon. Okay, we can agree on the on the bacon then. <laughs> wow. uh, a lot of people weighing in on that. We've got course, pepperoni, mushroom, olive, Italian sausage, pepperoni, and mushroom, mushroom and bacon, but not together. Interesting. I can think I can understand white that. pizza with mushrooms. Hey, hey, hey! No, no, uh, no, no, no get that. Goat cheese, mushrooms, and spinach, and onions. If I can have a fourth, it's just the best combo. Chicken and pineapple. Chicken and pineapple. That sounds yummy, actually. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, cheese and pineapple on a stick is the best buffet food. I have, I have, a, I, I just have to put this up here because Doc says my dad hates mushrooms. Thanks, Dairy Queen. What? What? Does Dairy I Queen feel, have a mushroom thing? I, f- I feel like there's a story here yeah doc <laughs> like, you need to expand on that uh, i have no idea what mushrooms have to do with dairy queen pineapple mandarin oranges mandarin oranges <laughs> slab how <laughs> dare you what is this <laughs> oh <laughs> i don't I like know there's something things about on hurting my pizza. you there's something about hurting you with pizza toppings that i'm really you annoying. know what i want on my pizza a piece of chocolate cake that makes sense no uh italian sausage jalapenos mushrooms easy list moco made olives and broccoli are good too and nick 
I think we found yeah. the topic that causes Aaron to judge us hard, and listen, that's true, right? Listen, I just have I have internal issues uh, with <laughs> this idea of sweet things on tomato sauce, um, pepperoni sausage, and extra garlic. Ooh, it's so not too much garlic, but I, I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind the garlic. I love crusts that have a, a nice like buttered yep. garlic, you know, Agreed flavor to you them. So, Chicken yeah. plus corn plus sauce hollandaise is climbing my list. <laughs> guys i gotta be honest we we can't talk a lot about sauces because i have instinctual reactions to most sauces that are not marinara how about cranberry sweet potato and turkey sweet potato what is this <laughs> Oh no. Uh, I mean, I get that you're doing a Thanksgiving pizza at that point, but please tell me you're not putting tomato sauce on that pizza. Like, Here's a question for you, Aaron. How do you feel about egg on pizza? I can go with egg. Like I can like there's somewhere I that's a neutral enough taste. It's a it's a beautiful taste. I, I've done eggs on cheeseburgers before. It works. Um it it, it would be better than fruit. I'm not <laughs> excited about it, but it would be better than fruit, yes. Lolly says, super taster Aaron is in his personal hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slices of potato, ranch, and bacon. <sighs> ranch. Listen, sauces. I just, I can't do sauces. There's no, the, like, it, literally, tomato-based sauces are the only ones that, that I can do. Condiment sauces, it's just, it's rough on me. Yeah. So. For those of you who are new, thanks, guys, so much for watching and hanging out with us. Aaron is a super taster. That means that he has... Indeed more taste buds on his tongue per square inch per wherever than the normal human he's basically a superhero of sorts so yeah, when he puts mutant. something into his mouth he tastes all the flavors individually and intensely so mm -hmm. and there's certain flavors he just cannot handle so these kinds of conversations are <laughs> extra exciting because we get to see him squirm a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah uh let's see i'm going to scroll back up and see if there was another you question that i missed okay i'll just uh say from doc you did explain uh my dad and i were coming back from a church thing a long time ago we stopped at dairy queen they have more than ice cream stuff that is true um they're kind of a diner uh, we both got the mushroom Swiss burger meal. The mushrooms looked like slugs and were super gross. That's why he hates mushrooms. Oh, no. Yeah, texture. Uh, texture is a big thing uh, for people who don't like mushrooms. It's a little slimy uh, for them. Not all so. of them are slimy, though. No, but it's fairly common that you can get a slimy mushroom. On pizzas, the, the I find them to be usually pretty dry. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, that has not been my experience. But, um, but yeah. Yeah, mushrooms are... Generally, the way they're served are slicker food, uh, texture-wise. Right. Here's the next topic, and okay. this might actually be what we end the show on. All right. Today, this who says, WandaVision came out Friday. Share your thoughts. I loved the Bewitched episode because it really nailed the feel of that show while also being very emotional regarding Wanda's mental health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thoughts on WandaVision? Um, I, I'm loving it. I am too. Um, I, I've actually seen the first three episodes. I've seen uh, the first two episodes. So, uh, like everyone else, <laughs> right? Like the normies, like um, normals. But as as a uh, as a pop culture critic, uh, I did have access to the first three and love them very very much. Um, I think you 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 touch on what is one of my favorite parts, which is that they both honor the source material they're kind of satirizing um, or imitating as well as being about something themselves, and they do it so well. The first episode is a Dick Van Dyke uh, show 
take off. And that is my favorite TV show of all time. That's not an exaggeration. That's not just some, something I'm saying. You know I have lists. I've made that list, and the Dick Van Dyke Show is number one on that list. Um, and so seeing... Guys, he has lists. Calm down. <laughs> and so seeing seeing them do the Dick Van Dyke Show and do it well, like the, the jokes, the humor, the laugh track, like all the stuff from that era just feels so authentic. And yet having those moments where it's like, oh, there's mystery here. There's something else going on here. It's really good. And I'm very excited to see where it goes. And I am so, so on board for the MCU on TV. I think that's going to be so much fun. Um, yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to it as well. Um, I found that the mystery of what the show is and is going to become and what it's going to be revealing about uh, Vision and Wanda's story in the world of Marvel. Um, I actually knew a little bit about it going into it, uh, mo mostly because I, I remember looking up their story. I think when uh, maybe it was one of the Avengers movies came, came out or something. I just kind of wanted to see more about that. So I was researching um, years and years ago. So there was some stuff that was kind of in my mind, like, Oh, we're going here. And then by the end of episode two, it's pretty clear that um, we're looking at some pretty wackadoo stuff happening and I'm not going to spoil anything for those who are watching, but they're doing a good job of building mystery. The thing that I find most annoying about it is all of the things that could be clues that I don't understand. And that is hard for me because I'm looking at everything going, well, does this mean something? Well, does this mean something? Well, does this mean something? And I find that to be very distracting, but that's because I have a puzzle brain and I want to figure something mm -hmm. out. And I'm, um, I'm looking forward to, I think, watching it all and then going back and seeing the clues and the things that were missed. Um, in the second uh, one that you mentioned, the Bewitched episode, uh, there's this really interesting figurine on the table beside the lamp that you just barely mm -hmm. kind of, it's just there and gone. Or when it pans down between layers of the first or the top of the house and the bottom of the house and the introduction, there's like bones and stuff in there. And so mm -hmm. it's like, okay, what are you doing here? And then there's a really interesting, like, there's some obvious ones that they're giving to everybody. Here's right. an obvious clue. And I love that. Um, and then there's weird stuff, like what comes out of the manhole. And you're just mm -hmm. like, what is going on? <laughs> and so it has this tension that's building that <clears throat> mm -hmm. is addictive to watch. But I feel like I'm in a safe place when I watch it. I don't feel like they're going to be going some bonkers, bonkers place because I am I feel safe in the world of Marvel. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited. I think they're doing an incredible job. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like this would be something that a lot of people would actually really enjoy, even if they're not thinking that they would because it's, you know, Marvel and, and superhero universe and stuff. But I think this one would be one that I would recommend. I think my yeah. mom would actually really enjoy it. Yeah. No, it's really, really good. Um, cool. Uh, yeah. Appreciate your time today, guys. I do want to just address one more thing. Uh, Moko made uh, said, how do you know if you're a super taster? Uh, there are a few ways uh, that you can actually tell. Uh, one of them involves uh, doing a hole punch in a piece of paper and actually counting your taste buds uh, in a certain diameter. Magnifying glass. Uh, with a magnifying glass. Um, and then there are, there are what are called taste strips uh, that you can also get that only super tasters can taste the bitterness uh, on them. Uh, most people won't taste very much of anything, but a super taster, it'll be very bitter too. One um, of the surefire so. things, if you can handle coffee, you might not be a super taster. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. If you're a coffee drinker, it's, it's, it's very unlikely you're a super taster because coffee is very, very bitter uh, to super tasters. Um, if you're uh, like, if you get, if you take icings off of cakes, that's another, 
um, kind of a sign thing because it's a little mm -hmm. too sweet. Uh, if you get things plain, if you like your food separated, um, you know, there's the, the Venn diagram of super taster and picky eater has a lot in common. So, you know, just understand, uh, it could be either, but, um, but yeah, so there you go. There's or some... you can just do what Lolly says, which is how can you tell? Don't worry. They will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, but you know, a lot of times this is something that I learned about Aaron is people just, they think he's picky. Right. And so it, and, I mean, it, it ends I up am. being uncomfortable, uh, even in restaurants and stuff where he'll order something mm. and it's, he has to specifically ask about sauces. What's in the sauce? Because if it comes on a burger, it will ruin mm. the entire burger and he can't yeah, eat it. Yeah, I won't be able to. It's not, I can't scrape stuff off. That's the thing. That's the other thing. I can't, I can't scrape anything off. I, I have had um, Chick-fil-A put pickles on my sandwich and then take them off. And, and I, he can it tell all, it all tastes like pickle still. So it's like, in fact, I often get transfer from the gloves that they're wearing from because they've been handling pickles and then they'll handle a bun. Um, and so, yeah, it's 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 an interesting, interesting mutant. Ability. We think it'd be cool to have it, but we don't want it. Let's just be <laughs> honest. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's how we know. And we have stories to share. Maybe next time we guys, uh, we get together, somebody can remember to throw up the you question and ask us about uh, our time we took the um what were they called aaron magic pills oh yeah, yeah and yeah. had a dinner yeah. yeah magic fruit yeah magic fruit yeah remind remember to ask us about the magic fruit next time we go live on mondays at 9 a.m central and some days so that's why wherever you're watching make sure you have the reminder set click the follow or a bell or whatever you have in front of you and that way if we can go live again this week at 9 a.m you will be notified and Absolutely. a huge shout out to our patron supporters we love you, Team DNA. And uh, just a reminder, we are nine people, uh, Team DNA members away uh, from playing some D&D &D together. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of the next next little goal. If you're interested in supporting what goes on here, it's five bucks a month. Uh, and uh, you can check all that out at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Uh, we will catch you on the next Monday or someday. Bye. Have a good day. Thanks for tuning in to listen to us shoe another dough. If you'd like to watch the show live, we stream it on Mondays and Sundays at 9 a.m. Central on all major streaming platforms. Subscribe, follow, join the conversation on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or maybe you can even also be a member of one. Team DNA. Members get their own custom podcast feed that will include not only the Monday show, but all bonus shows we do through the rest of the week. Membership is five bucks a month, and you can join today at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Finally, thank you so much for being a part of this fun little community of awesomeness. Remember, your quirks aren't bugs, they're features. Find them, celebrate them, and know you're loved and valuable for just being you. See you next time. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.